Nikita Koloff, the Russian nightmare, no, the devil's nightmare here from It's Time to Man Up, challenging men to step into their true manhood. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. But I'll take with me the warmth of thee, a taste of Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. This year, it's in my soul. It was passed down to me from the days of old. Find someone if there was a way. It's been said my papa, he wrote the book on catching big reds and 20 pound snuff. I wish I knew all the things he on honey and milk today and that, the emphasis on the emphasis on the word hooked there scott today good morning <laughs> so you know you were hooked young also on fishing not just me because my dad you know some of my favorite mel- memories when i was a kid was my dad taking me trout fishing in colorado and your dad definitely was along those same lines right absolutely and but you know when did you get hooked is the question, and I don't know if you noticed it, but often you're hooked by how you taste. And so at the beginning of that, you heard Barbara Streisand talk about the taste of honey. You might remember that song from the 60s. In fact, you might remember the uh, Tijuana Brass. Yeah. Did the taste of honey. But anyway, and then you heard Bethel Music with Taste the Lord and See He's Good, and then Jill Cash's, or Jill's Cash Box with Fishing in Our Soul. And so, as you might guess, today is brought to you by some Hebrew letters. Scott, are you shocked? No. <laughs> and so, interestingly, it's brought to you by the Hebrew letters that make up the word taste, which also, not coincidentally, for the most part, make up the word hook. In fact, it's very interesting that the root of the word hook is taste. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a hat, which has to do with your union. And <laughs> it's a hat and a hoof. And a hoof has to do with desire. And so when you think about what drives your taste, you desire that steak or you desire that, you know, honey and milk, as we were talking about. And with that, you're easily hooked. And that's the way you hook a fish, right? You've got to have the right bait. You've sure got to know what they have a taste for. You've got to know what they're biting on. It's a very similar thing. So 
Very cool. In Isaiah 7, 15, you might remember in Isaiah 7 is where unto us a child is born, unto us a, ch- a son is given, right? Right. And right after that, the very next verse, which is seven fifteen, it says that uh, cream and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse, refuse evil and choose the good. In other words, you've got to develop a taste for the right stuff, and apparently... Milk and honey are along those lines. So I don't know if you've ever thought about the reason that you consider milk to be a comfort food. I can guarantee my wife does. <laughs> and every one of my children, they can, we can drink milk like nobody ever saw. But have you ever thought about it? It was the first thing you ever developed a taste for. Absolutely, yeah. And <laughs> it's not a coincidence at all. They guess what? The first letter is the, in the word milk. It's a hat. It's the same concept of union because you got to have, in order to have milk, you got to have a marriage, right? You got to have union. You got to, you know, you got to have a baby or there's no need for milk. So milk has to do with that. True. And since my dad did take me fishing, you would probably not be shocked if, since you knew he fished in Colorado, his favorite bait in all the world, up until just a couple of years before he died, we took him out there and he would always use salmon eggs. You know why? Hmm. Because the salmon egg contains inside of it the milk that the little baby fish ate the second they were alive, right? What were they living on inside the egg? Milk. Milk of the salmon egg, right? And then then the salmon eggs are filled with that milk. And so they're a great bait because it's the first thing a fish ever tasted. (laughs) I don't know if you ever thought about that. And so, unfortunately, Satan is aware of this connection between taste and hook. And I'm going to guess, if you're like me, you've been hooked on a lot of things you shouldn't have been hooked on. (laughs) And you developed taste for things you shouldn't have developed a taste for. But that wasn't what got into mind. And even when he talked about a virgin would be with child, he would be first getting the taste of cream and honey. And so interesting, last week, just beautifully, beautifully, I had my first vacation this year. And I went steelhead fishing. Wow. In Ohio, up on Lake Erie, in a place, I think it's called Calmeat. I can't pronounce it. It's French, Calmeat or something like that. And, oh, my goodness, I've caught some fish in my life, but nothing like this. But the first day, we didn't catch anything, Scott. We walked all over the river. We worked, 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 trying to figure out how to catch fish. Shut out. The second day, I finally caught a fish, actually, on a rooster tail. Good old rooster tail. Yeah, it was. And... That fish had a bunch of eggs in it, mm. and I knew that fish love fish eggs. And so oh. we took those fish eggs and put them in some mesh, and with my friend Terry, who helped guide us, we went to another place. And then all of a sudden, it was on like Donkey Kong, buddy. I'm oh, telling you, we, we caught steelhead like there was, and everybody was like, what are you fishing with? Well, we were fishing with that. But I, I confessed on the last day I was there um, that my real desire would be to experience reeling in one of these giant, you know, steelhead on my fly rod with God being present in my mind at the time. In other words, I, I would often ask God where to cast and we'd be in communion. But the second a fish would hit, all that was on my mind was catching that fish because it was so exciting. And they oh were so hard to see, you know. So I shared my struggle with my friends who are both wonderful Christian men, Jim and Terry, as 
is we ate lunch the last day. We were going to go out fishing one more time. I was going to use my fly rod. And, and so it wasn't long after we got to the river that afternoon that I hooked a monster. I did, man. It was like <laughs> a, a river runs through it, comes to life, because this fish goes running down to scream, and the, the reel is screaming the line off. And my friend who was with me says, Robbie. He didn't say Robbie. He just started praying. He said, Lord, thank you for this. And as soon as he did, it clicked my mind in order. Oh, yeah, the whole reason I'm here is to catch one of these monsters on my fly line with God present. And so he and I fought that steelhead for the better part of 20 minutes on that fly rod with eight pound test, by the way. And it was quite the adventure as he, you know, you can't, when you got that kind of line and that kind of fish, you can't tug too hard. It's going to break. And so it was. It was a battle, and those fish, they jumped like five feet in the air. So here's all this excitement, but I got to do it in the presence of the Father because my friend reminded me, right? Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm telling you, I'm really, really hooked. And so today it is my hope. This is Jesus Labor Love Week, as we know, because my friend Scott is here with us, our head volunteer for the Jesus Labor Love, and we're hoping that some of those have been helped by the Jesus Labor Love, will call in because I'm, I'm hooked on that deal too, right? Absolutely. Like the, the opportunity to pray with folks. It's just like my friend prayed with me, you know, before we, you know, while this was going on. Well, often we just needed a, a little help, right? Somebody to pray with. How did that work out for you in your life? We would love for you to call when you got hooked, 866 348 Seven eight eight four. Maybe you got hooked on the word, or maybe you got hooked on something you shouldn't have got hooked, and Jesus helped you get off the hook. Eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. We would love to hear your story. So you know, I'm doing this podcast on the Song of Solomon, and so a lot of what was so cool about this trip is I had just been studying Song of Solomon five sixteen, which says his mouth is most sweet, and then it says he's altogether lovely. But when it says his mouth is most sweet, you could easily translate that in Hebrew. His taste is so sweet, right? Considering the milk and honey, you get the idea. Or some translations say butter and honey. It's okay. Milk, cream, butter, it's all pretty much the same stuff. It's all the stuff that we were born to eat, right? If you think about it. That's right. It was the first thing you ever tasted. And so I know you're thinking, wow, what's your story? And, and of course, the whole idea of fishing was something that I got hooked on when I was young because my father did it. And if you listen to that song that that we played there in the end of the bump, we're going to play it again some throughout the... But listen to what he says. It was passed on this idea of fishing. Because guess what? If we can figure out how to have the right bait <laughs> we can fish for men right we got a lot of that going on and so you stay tuned we got so much more we want your story 866-348-7884 we'll be right back with much more christian fish guy car guy <laughs> you're listening to the truth network and truthnetwork.com but i'll take with me the warmth of thee, a taste of honey, oh taste and see. 
on Honey and Milk today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And the question really is, you know, how are you hooked? Maybe how you got off the hook. Or maybe you got hooked on milk and honey, the right stuff, right from the beginning. However that worked, we would love your story. Or maybe you got hooked on fishing. You know, during the break, uh, Scott's father was quite the fisherman, quite the outdoorsman, and a, and a painter. Uh, unbelievable uh, outdoor painter. Uh, and so he had a lot of those stories. And so it was fascinating to me as he told this story of how his father taught him to approach a pond, you know, during the break. And I was going to relate my story. Maybe you have a story. Maybe your father, your grandfather took you fishing. And some of those are your fondest that you developed a taste for that. However that worked, we'd love to hear your story. 866 348 7884 Three, four, true. So here we're going to both pass on a little wisdom that was given to us, in my case, by my great-grandfather, gave to my father that gave to me. In your case, your father gave it to you. So what was that wisdom? Well, my dad told me that if you were the first to get to the stream in the morning or if you were walking upon a farm pond or any impoundment of water that other people haven't tainted and got to first, that you could actually get in an extra two or three, maybe four cast if you approach that waterway very, very quietly, and not just quietly, but every little step, because he said that the fish could feel your vibration, they could see your shadow, they knew that you were there long before you were. And he was right. A lot of times I'd approach a place really quietly, all by myself. If I was the first one to get there, I could actually, those first two or three casts were yeah, they're magic, and that's it's oh, often yeah. the case. So my father told me that some of his – this is my father, you know, this a long time ago – that his favorite memory of, of was his grandfather would take him fishing in Colorado because my dad was born in Denver. Wow. And his grandfather, he, he said that, that the mountains were so steep and they were in like a Model T Ford that – that didn't have the power in first gear to go up the mountains through <laughs> dirt roads and that they'd have to use reverse. So, so it is a car show, so we got to talk a little bit about cars. So I just always picture this Model oh, cool. T, my grandfather, my father, backing up these mountains because they, you know, they, that way they could go up, you know, before they – and he said they always got in there before dark. And he taught my father that when you approach the, the trout stream, that you are to go in on your hands on your belly. Wow. Like a, like an army soldier, you know. So you just, you know, you go in there on your on your elbows and on your stomach because of what you said. The fish can hear your footsteps, and they also see your silhouette. So yeah, I just picture my dad, my grandfather, my great grandfather, and my father um, approaching this Colorado trout stream on their bellies, right in the middle of the. Wow, <laughs> it's you know, and so you know what is what is. What does that bring up in your spirit that, that that reminds you of a precious thing? Because you know those are those are things we developed a taste for early, and and we were meant to. And 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 the idea of fishing has certain spiritual ramifications, right? You might remember. Oh yeah, that Peter was a fisherman. Absolutely, and, and so were many of the disciples. Do you think that's an accident? Oh no. Do you think that Peter's father taught him how to fish? Absolutely. Peter's father's father taught him how to fish, and there's something in that that fishermen understand a few things. Like, you you just don't come up 
you know, to, 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 to the the person that you're trying to help find out about Jesus and overwhelm them, right? I mean, if they, you know, they they see you coming, they hear you coming, they they suspect that you know somebody's trying to do something that ain't right. You know, they don't trust you. No. And so all these all these things are are part of the deal. If you're going to develop the right taste, or you don't want to, you got to find out what they're biting on, right? That's and right. and maybe in your story. Uh, we would love to hear. 866-348-7884. So we have Christian has got a comment on the topic. Christian, you're on the Christian Car Guy. Good morning, Christian. I love your name. I do, too. Good morning. Thank you, guys. So what have you got for us? Um, well, on the topic for this morning, I feel, I just feel like, on my spirit, it's in life, we have to go out here and grab life by the bulls. We have to find out what our purpose is, um, align ourselves with that purpose, and just really go out here and do what we have to do to serve um, the community and to give back and just to be the light in the dark. That is so. That is so so true, Christian. That that you can see, you know, as as it turned out on my fishing trip. To make an example of what you're talking about, I had a friend who'd never really fished before. In the first couple of days he was there, there was no focus. He didn't he didn't have an idea what he was doing, and he he didn't, you know, go at it like I'm expecting to catch a fish. Like I need to, you know, you can you can tell when somebody's fishing. They're no longer just throwing the line in the water and hoping something's going to happen. Now you look in their eye, you can see it in their spirit that they have this anticipation that something's going to happen here that's going to be big. And that's exactly what goes on, right? When you're serving like right. God, I got to I I need to feel your presence and I need to be in this with my whole heart, right? Surrendering. It's about surrendering. Ah, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, wonderful. It's to surrender instead of always having things all figured out. And you know what? (laughs) We never really have it all figured out now, do we? No. No. We can think of it one way, and then when you just surrender and release and give that fish and rod to God and see if he takes it, and his plan is way better than the plan we could ever imagine. That's so true, Christian. That's beautiful. Absolutely. God bless you. Thank you for calling. We really appreciate it. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Likewise. Bye-bye. All right. We got Clay is in, I believe, Durham, probably. Oh, we'll get to Clay when we come back from the break. But we need your call. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We're going to get to the Jesus Labor Love a bit in the next segment. And we need you. Because that's the best part of the show. 866-348-7884. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. But I'll take with me the warmth of thee. Taste of 
Honey and milk are what we're getting hooked on today on the Christian Car Guys show. We hope hooked on milk and honey. If you've got a story along those lines, we would love to hear yours. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share your story where you got hooked or maybe got unhooked, as the case may be, and rehooked. There's no doubt in my own life I was hooked on the car business and God unhooked me from that and hooked me up to the Bible and and many other wonderful things. But uh, we're going to take Clay's call in a second. But but, but Scott told me something I had not connected, that Christian, our caller we just had, she is number one on the list where we're looking for somebody to donate a car, right? Absolutely, yeah. She's been waiting for, I I think, over a year now. Um, She's worked her way up, so she's next in line. And she's got several children, and she really needs it to get back and forth to work. Yeah, it's wonderful. So, you know, if you know somebody in the North Carolina, South Carolina area, I mean, we might even go to Virginia uh, to get pick up a car. If You know, we certainly would, wherever you are, if you have a car that, that, that you know, you would like to donate to the Christian Car Guy or the Jesus Labor Love, however you want to put it, the, the actual 501c3 is the Jesus Labor Love, and it's all there at christiancarguy.com. And, and of course... You know, we can always use volunteers, donations, whatever, you know, the Lord puts on your heart. If, you know, one of the neat things is to to be part of watching somebody get a car or be part of watching, you know, God do something that that, that really hooks somebody. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. So getting back to our friend Clay, who has a comment on the topic. Clay, you're on the Christian Car Guys show. Good morning. Well, uh, top of the sanctified Saturday to both of you, brother. Um, you know, I could I could share so much about this. Um, as, you know, I, I remember I, I haven't been fishing, or some people would say fishing, um, but I remember when I was younger, I would go crabbing, and you know, you have to hook both of those uh, to get what you're aiming to do. And you know, of course, it takes a lot of patience. But the main thing that I, you know, I, I drink a lot of milk, and I do uh, do. Um, it, ingest or take in uh, clover honey. Mm. Uh, but the one thing I would like to share is digesting uh, what took place about 34 and a half hours ago. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I'll tell you both that, that it was such a festive, uh, God-given blessing that took place Thursday night. I was there able to help uh, Brother Stu and uh, several other godly men that came for the... Uh, David Jeremiah. Uh, to hear Pastor... Oh, my gosh oh my gosh and one of the things one of the things that you really have to take in consideration when you're going fishing or fishing or crabbing or certain things that you were having to sit there and wonder what's going to happen um i guess or naturally believing that if you don't have the right bait one of the things that really stuck out to me is pastor david jeremiah talking about stamina and he talked about these guys that were uh 111 days they walked across this barren land mm. and um they did it um and you know they did 40 miles a day and all i could do was think about running the race with endurance and that's what it takes when you're doing something like fishing or crabbing or anything that you're trying you know that the lord is the lord is trying to hook you to do um because when you can do that when you're running that race with endurance and you can get that stamina going and you know that when you get to the end, you know that you have persevered because that's what you've been called to do. And 
Brother Robbie, it was just, uh, uh, I, I know you were doing what you were doing, but you were missed uh, Thursday. Um, you know, I'm thankful to the Lord that I got to be able to be a sacrificial servant because there was a lot to be done, and uh, I, I, I got called to be an altar counselor, um, and there was only three people that came down and, and called their called the Lord their uh, servant. But uh, I, I tell you, brother, I am looking forward to the next time, and please know this. Anything that I can do to help out in any way or capacity, I am willing to do it. I know it, Clay. Thank you, and I'm so glad you did that. And, you know, those three, you know, that's a phenomenal thing because those three could leave, you know, and the next one could be the Billy Graham or whatever. So you you guys were fishing on Thursday too. <laughs> great call, Clay. Great yeah, great call. call. Well, Thank you. I I tell you what, it was an eight-and-a-half-hour journey and adventure, but it was well worth it because you get to talk to people and you get to, you know, share things. And, I mean, you know, you, the the Bible bookmarks that they had and all that other stuff. And I'm really, really bringing forth Truth Radio because uh, the highlight highlight of that is truth. And what and it's, uh, it's what you do. Uh, it's what Brother Stu does. It's what the other pastors on the radio station do. Uh, I, I mean, it, 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 it's just the stamina and, and that endurance that we have, to the drive to be able to do stuff like this, because there's uh, the other stuff that's going on. Uh, I won't talk about that, but I, I'm just so I'm, 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 on, I'm in a drive mode to be able to do that, and that's I want to awesome. be able to help anybody else. It is. Thank you, Clay. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. God bless you all, Thanks, man. Thanks, Clay. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. So, yes, it is the Jesus Labor Love, and we're definitely hooked on this ministry. And so for those of you who may not be familiar with it, the Jesus Labor Love is car repair, originally car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And we've been doing that since, I think, about 2013, mm. so for a lot of years. And it's a 501c3, so it's totally you know tax deductible. But more than that, um, it's a way right, to to serve and to help people that, that are struggling with other things, whatever they may be. You know, we've helped veterans, we've helped single moms, obviously widows. And sometimes it's simple and simple as praying with them. Right. But again, one of my favorite Jesus labor love stories is one time there was this widow and she had lost her husband and she had been driving around for two years with no air conditioning. And she heard mm. on uh, this radio station that, that she was listening to, the Christian Car Guy show, and found out that there, somebody would look at her car for free. And so she took it actually to Jerry to raise body shop to, for air conditioning because she didn't know it was a body shop. They don't necessarily work on air conditioners, but she still she showed up. And Jerry, being the servant he was, he went out there. He said, I didn't know if I could help her because I don't do air conditioning, but I went out there anyway. And I said, well, show me what it's doing. And so he sat down in the seat, and she showed him, you know, that the air wasn't coming out cold. And, and he said, well, you, you see this snowflake on the dash right here? You know, this little snowflake, if you push that button right there, you know, that turns on the compressor. And lo and behold, she had air conditioning. Oh, my goodness. And I've never forgotten that story. And it is the heart of like, oh, my goodness. When I, when I first started doing this show, almost all my emails and, and calls that I would get would be 
from single moms and widows because they didn't have somebody to show them, right? right. And, and so if we just simply take the few moments to try to help, even though we Absolutely. may not be able to help when we get there, we can always you might know somebody who can pray, right? Absolutely. And, and what what I've never forgotten that story, and, and it's so simple. It, you know, to be the middleman sometimes of what God wants to impart some wisdom, right? And and so the idea of wisdom here, those who know me well know that I just dearly, dearly love the idea of what's taught in Isaiah 11, which, you know, it says that Jesus is going to have his sevenfold anointing there, that the branch is going to have these anointings. And those are the seven spirits of God, by the way, which are mentioned in, in Revelations um, 3. Uh, four, excuse me, where it says the Spirit of the Lord will be wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord, and delight in the fear of the Lord. Well, after God hooked me on this fishing experience, and I've been doing that for anybody listening to me on the 119th Psalm, I would talk about that the seven anointings would be on the seven verses, and the eighth would be the miracle verse, and all those letters in the 119th Psalm. So they all had wisdom, understanding, counsel, etc. Well, wisdom is hakma. Well, I didn't ever see it until I was like, oh my goodness, you know what the, what the root word of the word wisdom is? Taste. Mm. Hak, right? Same two letters, a het and a kuf and a hoof. Wow. A het and a hoof. And then a mem, which is mm. what have you tasted? A mem is water, living water specifically. Jesus, it's the Messiah. That's why M, that M sound you hear in mem, that's Messiah, all right? And then H, uh, the hay at the end of it would be expressed. And so guess what? Wisdom is when you taste God, that's wisdom, okay? Well, you, you got a little taste. Like, okay, it might be good to use something that the fish would taste, you know? But understanding, Bina, comes as a result of wisdom. Wisdom comes before understanding. Well, then once you have understanding, you can apply it. And when you apply that wisdom and understanding, you know what you got? Counsel. Hmm. Right? And once you've applied that counsel, now you've got might. Like we were on the river, everybody was saying, Why are you catching fish? Why are you catching fish? Because we've applied our wisdom and understanding to use counsel, and we now have might. We had knowledge also to tell you today what we're talking about. We'll get to more when we come back. You're listening to The Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. But I'll take with me the Hooked on honey and milk today on the Christian Car Guide slash Fish Guy today. <laughs> we would love to hear your story. We've got one more segment to get it in. Maybe your dad took your fish. Whatever it is that is on your heart, we would love to hear it, especially how God worked in that. 866-348-7884. Well, as I was telling you that God had given me this insight uh, that I've studied this idea of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord, and delight in the fear of the Lord for years. So as I was thinking about this fishing experience, that like as we got wisdom of how to use the salmon, um, how to use those fish eggs, 
Then we, we applied it through understanding, which the council was to, how to do it, right? right? And then we had might. We, we, you know, we, we accomplished what we would, you know, we're catching fish. And as a result, we had the knowledge how to teach somebody else how to do it. And so we got our friend who had never really been fishing much in his life. And next thing you know, he was becoming a fisherman, okay? But the next one is fear of the Lord. In other words, realize where is all this stuff coming from? It, it comes from and it's controlled by, right, the Lord. It's, it's, it's Yura. And, and it's a critical aspect of the process. But my favorite is the seventh anointing, which is a delight. In other words, once you realize that God has got all this together, then even when the fish aren't biting, or even when that person isn't turning like you're hoping, you, you still can know that God is, his timing is perfect, and it's going to be awesome. I mean, just sit back because he is good, and it's, it's, it's going to turn out unbelievably amazing, and don't miss that. And so... Along those lines, you know, you know, I've been studying Song of Solomon chapter five and then chapter I'm in the beginning of chapter six now in my podcast I do every day. And I have for years considered chapter five to be the story of Peter, and I had never seen it before until this week, that chapter six is a continuation of that story on into the book of Acts. So as you may know, in the chapter five, it says that, you know, that I slept, but my heart was awake. Well, you might remember that Jesus took his disciples into the garden to pray for him, right? And what did they do? They slept, right? They sure did. They weren't doing much fishing right then. They were sleeping, okay, when he was in his, some of his toughest moments there in the garden of Gethsemane. And then it says, you know, that my beloved came, he asked me to get up, but I didn't want to get my feet dirty, so I didn't get up. And so... In the story of Song of Solomon, she says, you know, the watchmen that go about the city, they found me, they beat me, they bruised me, they, they watchmen on the walls, they took away my cloak. Well, for years, I, I, I'm literally, two or three years, I wondered about that verse until, until one day it hit me that, oh, when you get your mask taken off, when you get your veil, you know, Peter was posing that night that he was going to be the disciple, don't worry about me, I'm your guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm your guy. You don't this. have to worry about me. That was his mask. This. That was yeah. his veil, you see? But those people that asked him, weren't you with Jesus that night? See, those were the watchmen on the wall. What'd they do? They ripped off his mask. They beat him and they bruised him, but it was the best thing that ever happened to Peter because what was standing between him and being the disciple that Jesus you know, had in mind for him was his veil, was his mask, was his pride, okay? It just was. Yeah. But they beat him. They bruised him. They took away his cloak. Well, once that happened in the Song of Solomon, the next verse says, you know, I charge you, daughters of Jerusalem, you know, tell my love that I'm sick with love, you know, that and they were like, what's up with that? Why is your love better than any other love? And he goes on to give them 10 examples of why he's better than anything you've ever seen in your life. Mm. Right. And it starts out with his head and it goes down to, you know, he's altogether a love. It goes down to that sweet part. Right. Yeah. And. Then, after he goes through that, see, what I never saw before, it was he was giving them a taste. The daughters of Jerusalem, he was giving them a taste. Well, then go to the first verse in the sixth chapter, and what happens? They're like, where is your beloved, that we might go seek him with you? You see, it was the fruit of they, once they got a taste of who Jesus was, they too wanted to join Peter. And I love what Matthew Henry said about it. He says, you know, you know this is spiritual because who else would want other people going after their lover? <laughs> but but what he says, you know, what it is, this is the fruit of Peter's fishing, right? Because if you think about it in Acts, what happens is he gives a sermon, right? 
and 3,000 people come to Christ. Well, look at the beginning of that sermon, if you'd like, and you're going to note, what does he quote? He quotes the 16th Psalm. And what does the 16th Psalm do? It talks about Jesus. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his countenance, what's the last part of the, of the fifth chapter of the Song of Solomon? Talks about Jesus' countenance. Here, in the first chapter, in the first verse of the sixth chapter, we're going to talk again about Jesus' countenance. In other words, he figured out what, you know, this, this idea of what they had a taste for, and he hooked him. God hooked him, ultimately. It was God's deal, but, G- but Peter, because he'd lost his veil and all that went, see, it looked horrible for Peter, right? It looked horrible. And it may be looking horrible in your life. But God is sometimes ripping off our mask. Yep. He, he's, he's showing you, you, you know, you're not quite the fisherman you thought you were, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> or you're not quite the car guy you thought you were. Or you might not, you know, but it's okay because you are exactly who I made you to be. And I will give you wisdom, and just like Christian had said when she called in, you know, apart from me, what can you do, Scott? Nothing. Nothing. And what is that first letter in the word milk and in the word, um, you know, that, 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 that has to do with taste? It's a hat. It has to do with a union. And see, the milk, the, the, the stuff that's in those salmon eggs that my dad loved to fish with, right, mm-hmm. that only came through union. And that's why when I caught that fish, you know, it was all about, I wanted to feel united with the father just as I used to feel united with my real father, you know, and I know you like that too, right? Did you love those days? They're some of your best memories of fishing with your father. Very best. Right. And so, you know, how cool is it when you think about Peter, you know, got a chance to get some fish. He even caught one with a drachma coin in his mouth, you know. I've never caught one of them, have you? No. <laughs> but can you imagine what he felt like on the day of Pentecost when he saw the net that they cast that day? And, oh, my goodness, you know. And, and, and you, you look at those words and you wonder, wow, he must have had some kind of fantastic bait. <laughs> to draw those fish that day. And, and yes, he did. And where did he get that wisdom? And understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and fear of the Lord and delight in the fear of the Lord. He got it because he got, because he got his veil torn off. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but just if you read through the fifth chapter of the Song of Solomon, go to the sixth, you'll see what I'm talking about. She goes from the, the, the lonely shepherdess who was asking to follow the tracks of the sheep. See, she started off just asking, how can I find you? And as she turns out there at the beginning of the sixth chapter, as the one is leading all the others to ask, where is this guy? How can I find him? You know, and that, that's what an extent we get a chance to do that, Scott. Right. And, and, and whatever way he gives you, which in your case, you get a chance to pray not only with the Jesus labor love, but the people you work with in the hospital, right? Absolutely. What a blessing. And so, is, is there a labor of love? Well, I guess I ran to my mouth again, but it's okay. It's what God put on my heart to share today, and I'm so glad I got to do it. I had so much fun, if you didn't know. I it. sure did, too. <laughs> All week long with my friends up in Ohio. I'm so grateful for them. I'm so grateful for you listening and sharing the show with me today. Again, all this information, including the Jesus Labor Love, ChristianCarGuy.com. ChristianCarGuy.com. Remember now, you know, when you're fishing or whatever you're doing, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, 
And he did get it all done in 33 years. A lot of fish got caught, (laughs) including me. Thanks for listening. This is the Truth Network.